the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. I've had a busy morning. Busy morning. Getting a lot done. What about you? Well, we're recording this the day after Memorial Day, so it seems like a Monday, even though it's a Tuesday. But I'm very excited about our guest today. He's one of our favorites from the OG Maximum Lawyer Guild. He's been a great member of Maximum Lawyer. His name is Josh Rorschach. Josh, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. You've made an enormous difference in my practice and my life. And just want to start out with saying how much gratitude I have to you both. Josh, you're always too nice. Way too nice. You're like one of the nicest people I know. So, but you're welcome. No, but honestly, we, we get no, we, we deserve no credit. So all the hard work goes to you. So, um, but talk about um, just your journey, how you've gotten to where you are right now. Sure. Um, well, I'm from Central Illinois. I, I love politics. I worked in the state Senate for a year, then went to law school. And I joined a, a global firm in uh, their DC office with a government affairs practice. I was there for about four years, but I felt a strong calling to return to my hometown in Central Illinois. So I, I moved back home and I practiced with a few small firms there. In uh, 2012, I hung up a shingle, became a solo. And as my practice kind of slowly grew, over those years. Eventually, I needed a little bit more administrative support. And there was another firm in, in my hometown that had some younger lawyers that I really liked, really respected. And I, I joined them. Um, fortunately, the, the founders there are both you know, incredible lawyers, really generous leaders. And they've uh, shared a lot of opportunities with the younger lawyers to try to help them build and grow their practice. So I think at that time, we had one office and six lawyers. Now we're up to 13 lawyers in four offices. And uh, about a year ago, I, I moved to Bloomington, Illinois, which is about an hour north of our home office. And also around that time, I niched down to just doing personal injury law. And we added a partner in Bloomington who um, I really think the world of. She's an incredible lawyer and trying to build a practice in, in Bloomington, trying to support my partners in our Decatur office and also kind of grow some um, other locations as well. Josh, you do have sort of a unique relationship with your firm in that you have your own website, joshforshipe.com. Talk to us a little bit. Obviously, you don't have to go into state secrets or anything, but just talk to us conceptually how things work. 
Well, we, you know, we have a general practice and um, of the 13 lawyers in our firm, you know, we, we certainly have you know, criminal family. And if you, if you go to our, our main homepage, you don't necessarily get the sense that you're in the, the right place for a personal injury lawyer. You get a great overview of our whole firm. So our, um, our leadership has sort of you know, supported the, the notion of letting us kind of experiment, try new things and see what works in developing leads and cases. So I, I have a, a personal website that's just geared towards personal injury clients. And then for our Bloomington office, we have a, a separate website um, that's geared just towards personal injury cases, medical malpractice cases. And we, we've also launched a, a website for our Lincoln office. Because in, in Lincoln, which are our newest venture, we started a satellite office there in January. Um, we know that there are some unmet legal needs in family law and, and a few other areas, but we also wanted to not directly compete with some of the existing practitioners there. So we didn't want to market for, there are a lot of estate planning lawyers and things like that there. So we didn't want to market to areas where um, that might, that might interfere with developing referral relationships. Hey, Josh. So you were in State Farm's backyard and I just, I'm just curious, does that affect your practice? In the, I mean, I mean, you do PI. I mean, like you're in State Farm's ba- backyard. Bloomington is the corporate office. So how does that affect your practice? Yeah, we also have Country Financial headquartered here. And so this is certainly an insurance town. It's also university town. So you may have um, some, you know, some great jurors, but you also have to anticipate you're going to um, have um, a few people on a jury who work for State Farm. And that can be good or bad. So I think it just requires a little bit more caution with, with jury selection. Um, I think it also leads to us having a lot of knowledgeable PI clients who have at least some idea how the process works and, who, and some folks who come in and just need a little bit of coaching who can't, really can do it on their own because they maybe worked in claims. Um, so, it, but it is an interesting dynamic. Josh, talk to us about how your firm has grown since, since you started. Sure. Well, I think in downstate Illinois, there, there aren't a whole lot of lawyers coming to kind of the r- more rural part of the state to practice. So we have tried to be strategic. And when, when we identify a really talented young lawyer that, that has some hustle and who's a good person, good, good values fit with our firm, We've tried to be very proactive in recruiting and approaching those lawyers. And our firm has a, a very generous kind of fee split model that our founders have both been very successful and um, they've, they, they don't heavily leverage younger lawyers. So it's allowed us to be able to compete for lawyers that we wanted to, to bring into the firm. And so that's really helped us. We, we also added two um, lawyers in, in a neighboring town who I think just thought they could benefit from being part of a larger firm where we might be able to refer some work to them and, and, and vice versa. One of those two lawyers just celebrated his 80th birthday. And I think one of the things he had in mind was having a little bit of help with the transition plan. And I think that's, that's probably a strategic opportunity for a lot of your listeners, especially those who practice anywhere near a, a rural setting or um, is, is a chance to maybe help some senior practitioners who have a client base that they've grown that they um, care about and want to make sure are taken care of into the future. I think, I think there can be great opportunities to help um, aging solos and small firms with transition plans. So Josh, I was, I was really sorry to hear that recently your grandma passed away, but you, you've done something pretty interesting where you're, you're going to launch a, uh, a scholarship in her name, or at least in her honor. I'm not sure if it's going to be in her name or not, but do you, do you, want, do you mind talking about that a little bit? Oh, hey, I'm so glad you asked, Tyson. Thank you for that. 
My, you know, I I mentioned I felt a calling to kind of return home um, when I left DC. A big part of that was being raised by my grandparents, and they were a huge part of my life and a a very positive, um, positive force. My my grandma Mary was a a teacher in kind of rural Central Illinois schools for um, almost her entire career, and she was an incredible teacher. And after she passed, I kept getting calls from people I'd never met, former students of hers, who wanted to share a story about something that she did that touched their lives that they carried with them. And several of them told me, you know, I don't remember a lot of my elementary school teachers, but I remember her. And it was, it was very moving. I, I wanted to do something to kind of celebrate that legacy. And uh, honestly, it's a little help from Annika because I knew I, she kind of helped me massage the idea. What we're going to do is offer scholarships to a few uh, kids each year from Central Illinois who want to be teachers. And we're, I have a, an essay prompt asking them to tell a story or tell us about a special teacher that impacted their life and, um, and, and how they can uh, carry forward lessons from that teacher in their own career as an educator. So I, I hope it'll also give us a chance to kind of lift up some of the great teachers we have in Central Illinois. It's a tough job and well, you know, a lot of them are underpaid, and, uh, but they make a big difference. And I'm hoping to be able to both help some students and also some of the, you know, tell some just uplifting stories about some of the teachers that have kind of helped them along. That's awesome, Josh. That's totally awesome. What's your favorite thing about being a lawyer and running a law firm? And what's your least favorite thing? You know, I, I, I love when I'm meeting new clients and I love giving that one very rewarding thing about being a PI lawyer is at the end, we get to often give clients a life-changing amount of money. And you can feel like you've like permanently changed the trajectory of someone's life or like helped a kid go to college or help someone get medical care they need. Or uh, I mean, that part of it is tremendously rewarding. Um, I think the, the least favorite part, when you do contingency fee work for a living, it's inherently uncertain. And it's hard to, I mean, I, I do hear some folks who like um, Michael McCready um, gave a presentation recently in John Fisher's Mastermind, where he explained how his data pr- provides him a snapshot of, kind of his average fee, his pipeline. So I think eventually the, the guys who are really doing this at a high level can, can build in certainty to their practice. But right now I feel a lot of uncertainty. I think a lot of lawyers do with coronavirus, but a lot of uncertainty about, you know, um, will the phone keep ringing? I mean, it always has, and every year's been better than the year uh, prior, but that's, that's kind of the hardest thing is not really knowing when the phone will ring or not knowing um, what kind of year it'll be. It kind of depends on what kind of cases come in. Josh, I'm going to ask you a question that might be really easy to answer or really hard to answer. One of the two. Why don't you just start your own firm? Okay. Well, I don't really feel, I mean, I, I really like my partners. Uh, we, they've got a great firm culture. Um, I, it's fun to be able to build with other people. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy. I, I don't, I, yeah, I mean, there, there are occasional things I wish were a little bit different, like um, making decisions by committee can be frustrating. I'd like to be able to change up our practice management software. There's some things like that I don't have the freedom to, but man, I've got a lot of support. And um, right now, just... I'm, my, my wife and I are going through a, a tough health issue with, we've got a baby on the way who's um, has some serious complications and it's, it's incredibly comforting to know I've got 12 other lawyers who have my back and that if I, I need some support while we're out, um, my clients are going to be very well taken care of. And so I, I, I maybe, I mean, I can't say never, but I, I really like the people I practice with. So it's kind of not uh, broken. So I, I don't see a reason to, to make a change. No, and, I, and the reason why I asked that is, is I thought you were going to say that because it seems like you really, really like your firm and, I, and that, that's awesome to see. Thank you. Thank you. I do. Josh, I, I, I love your optimism and I love 
your positive attitude on things that always comes through and your gratitude for things. Um, we'll certainly be keeping you and your wife and the baby in our prayers and um, thinking about you throughout this process. Thank um, you, Tim. You got it, bud. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior receptionist service for law firms, trusted by many maximum lawyers, including me. At my immigration practice, the hacking law practice, Smith's friendly U.S.-based receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for our consults. The best part is that they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on our website through their chat widget. They serve as our friendly gatekeepers while my team and I work uninterrupted. We get new clients and we get work done. How awesome is that? If you're in a solo or small firm, I know you'll appreciate this. Plans start at just $70 a month for calls and $100 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like me say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth. Smith AI offers a free trial and maximum lawyer listeners get an extra $100 discount with promo code MAXLAW100. That's M-A-X-L-A-W-1-0-0. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. Where do you think are opportunities for growth for you, Josh, as a lawyer and as a leader? Well, I, I think there are a few, few things I want to mention. One, you know, about a, a little over a year ago in, in February of 19, um, I had an exchange with Tyson that totally changed my practice. He challenged me to pick a, a date by which I would, you know, I, I like a drop dead date. After this date, I'm not taking any cases, but PI cases. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And then three days later, he's like, no, really, what's the date? <laughs> and uh, that, that helped me a lot. So I picked a date, I beat it by about a month and it was a, you know, about a year ago. Um, and I think, you know, niching down has helped me not be a, like a generalist going up against specialists all the time. It's helped me uh, grow in, in expertise. And I feel like I can really focus on um, educating myself in one particular area to become um, the best damn personal injury lawyer I can be uh, instead of trying to just stay afloat in a bunch of practice areas. So I think that's, that's one thing I'm, I'm kind of working on to improve as a lawyer. I mean, I think, I think that's, that's helped a, a ton with being able to you know, focus the kind of content I'm consuming to improve as a lawyer. As a leader in the firm, I, I think there are a lot of opportunities to improve our systems, to develop you know, a process to make sure that every client has the, the best experience we can give them. Um, and you guys put out so much great content about how to do that. And you know, without, without your podcast, a lot of us would be flying blind. So I, I hope you know how big of a difference you make to so many of us. But I, I, I guess that's the best answer I have, guys, is I, I think I could really grow a lot by working on improving our systems and then being able to focus uh, my attention to developing as a trial lawyer is kind of where I want to go in the, you know, the next few years, just to kind of focus on the, this, you know, sharpening of the sword, I guess, or the axe, whatever implement you want to, you want to pick. Whatever we're going to call it. Um, <laughs> I, I did the same thing in my head. I'm like, what am I going to call it? All right. So tell, there are a lot of other people that are listening to this that are working for another firm and maybe they love it or maybe they hate it. It doesn't matter, but they're at that firm and you've done a good job of marketing yourself in another firm. So do you have any advice for those people listening that like, cause they may feel like they're just sort of in handcuffs where they can't do anything with marketing. Do you have any advice for them? Well, I, I mean, I think it helps to have leaders who kind of understand that you're wanting to be able to build, um, build a practice for yourself and to kind of sustain your family. Cause you know, the future is uncertain for all of us. What, one thing that can help, I think with your partners 
is trying to not just generate work for yourself, but where you can try to generate work for other people in your firm too, or try to help your partners chase work. So if you have a partner who's uh, wanting to do municipal law and you can, I mean, you know, you can maybe support a, can, a candidate that you think will help them or uh, support the, the, the clients that your, your clients, that your partners would like to cultivate. Um, I think it's, it has to be rooted in being a team player or in, in sharing some of the work that comes in. Josh, I know that you've been having some bigger cases settle recently, and, and I'm wondering, where do your best cases come from? How do you go about getting new clients? I'm sure it won't be a surprise to you guys that the, the best cases come from other lawyers or from other professionals. I just settled a, a, you know, a, a couple motorcycle cases that came from an insurance agent who felt like some people that she really cared about were getting kind of jerked around by another carrier. And you know, I, it's, it's hard to develop referral relationships, um, perhaps with insurance agents. I think some of the time they worry if you um, have a big like underinsured settlement, will it be a hit against their book, you know? But um, one, one thing that's helped is applying John Fisher's discipline of trying to take folks to, to lunch once a week. Um, my, my partner, Amelia, and I were doing that um, with a, a great discipline and great results. Um, until we couldn't go to lunch anymore with people. But that's, I think that's one of the best tips I'd have for the lawyers is make the time to um, get to know other people in a genuine way, take them to lunch, hear about their practice, hear about their families, and, and try to send cases to them. And, and if you kind of do enough giving, then you, people will reciprocate. All right. So Jim and I differ on the importance of vision. I think it's extremely important. So I want you to project out 20 years from now and if you're successful, what does that success look like? You know, I, I guess it probably de would depend on the week when you ask me. Like right now, I'm, I'm feeling the march of time and, you know, I've been playing with my son a lot. In 20 years, I'd love to not have to do a whole lot of work. I'd love to be able to have a small boutique practice of, of the cases I wanted to work on and then uh, work with, um, you know, helping generate business for some other lawyers in my firm. But I mean, that, that certainly could change. That's a, that's a long horizon. So Jim doesn't think vision's important. I, I, I'm surprised he, I would have expected uh, some pushback from him there. Yeah, I, I was too. He said it the other day. I was like, what are, you, what, do you, what are you talking about? That's not what I said. What I said was, is that <laughs> we were having a conversation in the guild with one of our members. He had some issues that I thought he needed to deal with that were bigger than his vision. And I, I said, your vision will feed into the answers to these questions. I, I think vision is important, but I think a lot of people use vision as a crutch to avoid doing actual work. So I do think vision is important. I, I think it has a, a, an actual place in figuring out what, where you're headed, but I don't think that it's the beat all end all. And I don't think it should be a crutch for people either. So here, here to vision. So Josh, if you had a magic wand and could make the practice of law different, what would you do? You know, I, I, I think I, I wish I had more time with, um, to get to know some of the clients. And it's funny when we, I mean, Jim, hearing some of the stories from the, the, the people whose lives you changed so, so radically, it, you know, they're, you're a huge part of these people's lives. And I, I know Tyson as a PI lawyer, you are too. And then, and then at some point, you know, their case is over and you go from having these people that you become really invested in and you, I kind of wish there were better ways to stay in touch with past clients because you develop these friendships that, you know, I, I, I'm not saying I want my, my past clients to, you know, get hit by, hit, hit by a bus or anything, but I wish that the, the practice of law didn't have this, <laughs> the, this strange 
um, kind of momentum where you become really involved in, in people's lives. And then, and then it, it's so easy for them to just kind of fall off, all, off of your grid indefinitely. And then maybe you'll be out somewhere and see them and, and reconnect. But that, that part's kind of hard for me. It's the, you, you develop these friendships and then um, they, they can be kind of fleeting sometimes. It's interesting you say that, Josh, because um, we are trying to make an effort to not to have that not be the case, um, and just really focus on it uh, because it's it's not easy. You're completely right. Like it's it's kind of like kind of like um, ships passing in the wind. You know, you're you're by each other. Everything's great. Whatever you're dealing with it, and then they're gone, gone forever. And so we're trying to change that quite a bit. Um, and so I I completely completely get that. So let's talk about that a little bit with you then. I guess, what are some things that you think you could do to kind of extend that relationship or make sure you keep it going? I'm, I'm working on it this week, actually. I hope to send out my first newsletter on Fridays. And, and at the end, I'm really going to very genuinely ask, you know, past clients to drop me a note and let, let me hear from them. We know how they're doing. This, this sort of strange time, it's easy to kind of feel disconnected from other people. And I think that's one of the reasons I really wanted to start a newsletter now is to to reconnect with some people who've been, you know, been important in my practice and, and uh, reestablish some of those friendships. I think that point you make about becoming friends with your clients, at least some of them is important. I, I don't think enough people you know, like my wife gets really rigid about giving out her cell number and, and, and I understand there has to be boundaries and all that stuff, but I think that there's certainly some people that are your clients that can become really good friends. So I think that we as lawyers like to think of ourselves sort of above it all, but, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there are people that you go to bat for. I mean, I'm sure if you had like a really complicated um, medical malpractice case or a PI case where you're with someone for three years fighting in the trenches day to day, you're going to form a real bond with them. I have people that I have fought like hell. I have a guy that I've been trying to get him citizenship since 2014. And I stopped, I stopped charging him three years ago. So <laughs> if, if, and when he becomes a citizen, we're going to have one hell of a party. Right. So I think, I think that obviously you can't do that all the time, but I think that doing it selectively is good for you and for the clients. It's definitely, I think, good for, you know, it feeds the soul, you know, it reminds you what you're, what you got in this for. And um, that's, I'm thinking about the first, when you mentioned that, I was thinking about this, this family, one of the first medical malpractice cases I was involved in. Um, I was, it was several years ago and I, I referred it out. And I'm not sure, I may try to keep it in house if it were today, but it was a, a missed breast cancer diagnosis, a very young woman who was married to a friend of mine. And, you know, we became really like family. And she asked me to come visit her in the last, you know, like day and a half of her life. And it was, uh, I mean, I, I know that, I know that made a difference to them, you know, and that, um, I, I guess that's kind of the sacred part about what we do. And if we, I think we'd all do, do well to try to hang on to that. So Josh, I think that anybody that knows you knows just like how nice of a guy you are and how like you, you you have a great demeanor and it's funny. So Annika Galuski is watching this right now and she sent me a message that just how like your, your demeanor and how you have that really down to earth way of talking to adjusters has been able, you've been able to raise your settlement values, but we each talk about in general, how it's, how it's benefited you when dealing with clients, when, when dealing with settlements, whatever it may be. So, you know, I, I, wor I worked for a lawyer for a while who was, uh, he only like had one gear and it was just hard ass all the time. And I think, I think you got to be able to switch gears and you can't really start out as a hard ass and, and then be like, okay, okay, well now let me, let's, let's hear, let's kind of talk about your family. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't dial that down. So 
I, I kind of think it's always most effective with adjusters just to start by treating this as, um, as people who are trying to kind of get through their day with way too many files. And, and sometimes you can make it so the negotiation is like, can you get it? Can you get to a win for everyone? Something your client will be happy with. It's a, you know, that you feel good about. And can you help the army adjuster with enough information to give you a decent offer? Some of them are just the enemy and they just want to, to, to try to beat you and say no and don't care. And I'm seeing that more and more from even a carrier that's right here in my backyard. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I don't know. I think just trying to be um, human with these folks makes a big difference. And, and trying to really listen, trying to, instead of just flying off the handle and getting mad, trying to understand where they're coming from. The, the, I, I just settled uh, my first case for um, my first seven-figure case. And in that one, the adjuster, um, she, at one point in the negotiation, she just said, I'm not even going to negotiate with you. You're just, we're just on different planets. Like, she, she just said, like, kind of refused to make an offer. And man, my instinct was to totally lose my mind and call her ranting and raving. And, um, and I, you know, I took a beat. I actually called one of our, uh, our, our founding partners. Just, right? I, I knew I needed to talk off the ledge. I knew if I called her, it wouldn't be constructive. So I think sometimes the self-awareness to make yourself, like, pump the brakes and get into a better headspace before you make the call. So, you know, so I called and I just tried to understand, I tried to understand where she was coming from. I tried to help her better understand, you know, what my clients had been through and why, why we saw it so differently. And eventually, you know, we had a breakthrough, but it, we would not have had a breakthrough if I would have just responded to her the way that I think all of us would, would want to. <laughs> you know? That's so great because I was just about to ask you, when was the last time you lost your temper at work? But I, I think that you, you don't lose your temper at work. So we'll, we'll move on to my, my last question, Josh, which is, you know, you joined the guild right out of the box. You've been a great member of Maximum Lawyer. You came to the conference. Talk to us a little bit and talk to our listeners a little bit about your philosophy on sort of self-improvement and continuing to grow, things like that. You just have to invest in yourself and joining the guild or um, certainly joining John Fisher's group. There have been two of the best investments uh, and probably the best investment I've ever made in my practice was going to your conference. I mean, it, it absolutely um, blew away so many bad assumptions I had or made me think about so many things differently. And, you know, the, the friendships that, that you can develop and build upon one, I mean, some of the other folks in the guild have become good friends who've been like sending me texts, checking in and part, they know can my wife and I are going through a tough time right now. Um, so I've developed some really meaningful friendships that that have um, that, that I treasure through 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 the guild, and um, so it's been an investment in uh, self improvement, an investment in um, you know learning new ideas and and tools and tricks. But but I, I, if you if you just kind of passively go through your practice without trying to to get better, you're 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 not going to get ahead. And um, I, if anyone is thinking about joining the guild, I. I wish they, they're very welcome to uh, give me a call. I'll tell them about my experience and all the ways it's helped me. Um, but I, I think it's an incredible value you guys offer. And you've been so incredibly generous with, with all of us and, and bringing so many great thinkers together. Um, I, I, it's a no-brainer. I mean, the amount of value you guys are packing to the Guild right now is incredible. And I, I don't know how you're doing it while, while maintaining such successful practices. I and mean, you guys are really making a sacrifice to do this for everybody. We, we get it done through two people, Becca and Annika. I mean, they, they make our lives a lot easier. I think Jim would agree with that. But, but I do want to wrap things up. We got to wrap things up before I do, because in, in about 30 minutes, Jim and I are going to do a Q&A in the Guild. So we've got to get ready for that as well. But I also want to remind everyone to go to the, face, the big Facebook group. If you're not ready for the Guild, that's completely fine. Go to the Facebook group. If you've not joined yet, you're missing out on a 
a ton of value, <laughs> a ton of value. I almost dropped the S bomb, but um, a ton of value. And then also, if you don't mind taking, just taking a, just a couple seconds, give us a five star review to help spread the love. We would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? I'm really lucky that we have too much office space here at the office. And so one of the things I like to do is to break up my day. And that is to go to other parts of the office, usually a conference room or something. So this morning, before we got on our guild call with the, for the Tuesday morning meeting, I went ahead and put on my Brain FM on my headsets. And I did a 50-minute focus finder um, just where I just got a yellow legal pad and wrote out all the things that were in my brain that need to get done. And some of them were as mundane as, you know, get the car, get the car washed to sort of big picture stuff. So just sitting down and writing and letting that stuff come out on a piece of paper uh, at the start of a week, I, I sort of feel like you felt last week, Tyson, where I've already got a ton done today and everything else is just sort of gravy. I'm much, my stress level has really come down. Man, anytime you can like knock at the beginning of your week or the beginning of your day with a bunch of work, it just feels so freaking amazing. Um, and Brain FM is amazing. Um, it really is good. Um, and who recommended that? Someone recommended that last week. Me. You? Okay. Well, it was, it's fantastic. Um, and all right, Josh, what is your tip or hack of the week? Um, you know, this kind of feeds into what Jim just mentioned. I, I picked up this full focus planner and it has you lead off with the big three of the day. And then it, the days when I list the big three, I, I get so much more done. That, that's just sort of a, a, an aside based on what Jim said. The, the, the tip I wanted to share, another member of the Maxwell group recommended the, the book, Running with the Bulls. And th this is probably more for the plaintiff's lawyers listening, but man, it's a great book. It's a really powerful book. And one of the real lessons for me, we've already kind of touched upon, and it's making a deliberate practice of spending time with your clients, of getting to know them, getting to know their families, talking to the, their, their good friends about how the injury impacted them. It'll make you a better advocate. It'll make the process much more rewarding. It'll help you avoid um, missing arguments you should make about damages. And it help you develop, you know, more meaningful relationships with, with your clients. And just from a business sense, that, that will lead to more referrals, but it, it also just makes the practice more rewarding. It, it makes you stop looking at your clients as a number. You know, it's not a fee. They're no longer a fee. They're a human being. And so it does definitely get you back to, I don't know, that brings you back to center. It's kind of nice. Um, so here's my tip. I've been noticing as I go out and about that I see less and less and less people uh, wearing masks and not really um, following the, the social distancing guidelines. And it's driving me crazy. I, just don't let your guard down right now. We don't know what the effects are going to be now that things are opening back up. So my, my tip is to just don't let your guard down. Be Just still be careful that we're not through this yet. Okay. We're, hopefully we're close. But hopefully it's going to end soon, but just don't let your guard down. Because I, I want to make sure we see all of you next year at MaxLawCon 2021, I guess. And because we really do want to see you all there. And I, I want everybody to be healthy. But Josh, thanks, thanks so much for being a great guild member, a great friend, and for being on the show. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate the time with you. Peace, brother. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your hosts and to access more content. Go to MaximumLawyer.com Have a great week and catch you next time.